If you're still deciding on your spring break getaway, Amtrak's got just the ticket. You can visit cities from D.C. and Philly to New York and Boston, all while enjoying more sustainable travel. Amtrak produces up to 83% less carbon emissions than traveling by car or plane. And did we mention the extra legroom and comfy seats? Book early and save at Amtrak.com. Click or tap the banner. Emissions comparisons vary depending on route and locomotive type. Restrictions may apply. Somewhere out there, there's a man on a park bench eating his 500th PB&J. He has no idea Papa John's has new papadillas that are way better than a boring sandwich. With Papa John's best meats, cheeses, and veggies hand-folded into a crispy flatbread crust. Someone better tell that man. Get a new papadilla in one of four flavors for just six bucks. Better ingredients, better pizza, better than a sandwich. Papa John's. Not valid with discounts, fees, and taxes. Extra prices may vary. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth with your host, Diane Helbig. Diane is a leading small business development and leadership coach, author, and speaker who is passionate about sharing valuable ideas, tips, and techniques with business professionals worldwide. Diane brings you the world's experts and gurus in all things business, whether it's sales, structure, social media, planning, or plateauing, guests bring their expertise and energy to each episode. When growing your business is your focus, Accelerate Your Business Growth is the show to listen to. Got a topic or guest suggestion? Let Diane know. The goal is to make sure you have the information you need to move your business forward. Thanks for joining us. Settle in and enjoy. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us. Today's podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken audio entertainment and information. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. Get a free book when you sign up for a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth. Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast continues to gain recognition as a great resource for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and sales professionals uh, from MSNBC's Your Business to Inc.com, uh, Fit Small Business, uh, Proven, and uh, People First, as well as a whole bunch of other sites. Our podcast is enjoying inclusion on list of the best podcasts to listen to. This is really, I have to give um, the vast majority of the credit to my guests. These are wonderful people who have joined me here over the years. They give of their time and their expertise so that all of you can do better things in your business. Today is no different. My guest today is Farnoosh Brock. Farnoosh went from electrical engineer and project manager at a Fortune 100 to business coach, entrepreneur, and CEO of Prolific Living, Inc. She shows business owners and leaders why and how to choose serving over selling to build profitable, sustainable businesses. In addition to the serving mindset, Stop Selling and Grow Your Business, that is coming out in November of 2018, she's also the author of the Healthy Juicers Bible and the Healthy Smoothie Bible, as well as the Big Book of Healing Drinks. Find out more at farnoosh.com. Dot com and she'll fill us in on all that great stuff toward the end of the podcast. Thanks so much for joining me today, Farnoosh. Thank you for having me on your show, and thank you for the kind introduction, Diane. Uh, my pleasure. I, I am so glad that, that we're going to spend some time together. I love this idea of serving over selling, um, but I have a feeling that there's people listening who, you know, their intention is to serve, but then they go out and they're, they sort of, you know, fall back into um, habits, what we will call them. So can you talk some about how someone actually puts this into practice and like, if you have like actionable steps that they can be taking? 
Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right in that um, we, we have the good intentions, but we fall back into those strong habits. So what I, what I talk about first in my book is that we need to change the way we think before we change our actions. And the way we think or the mindset piece of this, I believe, is, the, is a crucial one. And so how you think about selling needs to shift first before you can change your actions, your conversations, your, your questions, what have you. And um, would it be okay with you if we explore that a little bit? Absolutely. Great. So um, I believe that if we, exp- um, we, we examine or do a self-inquiry, if you will, um, and look at how we feel about selling, first of all, uh, when the word selling or sales comes up for you, how do you feel? Does it generate a positive, exciting feeling? Or do you feel a sense of uh, distaste, dislike, discomfort. That is most of us. That was the old me as well. And that's because we think of selling as uh, self-interest. We think of selling as self-serving. It only serves our interest. And so if we feel we want to come from a place of genuine service, which is most of us when we go into business for ourselves, it's at a conflict with the idea of selling as we understand it. And what I like you to at least explore uh, is that it doesn't have to be that way. Selling can move off the table, if you will. And if you just focus on serving, but within a framework, not just serving for the sake of serving, but serving within a framework, which I hope we explore, then you can begin to change your actions. So... I like to say, forget about selling, remove your sales agenda, and just think about how can you be of genuine service to the next prospect who comes and inquires about your business services. And I believe all of us know how to do that. We know how to be of service. We know how to help with the expertise that we have. And um, how can you just do that and focus on that and then change the conversation, and we can certainly get into that, to where step-by-step, with permission, you figure out whether there is a good fit between you and the person inquiring, whether you are indeed a good match for what they are looking for, whether they are interested in pursuing you, and again, step-by-step, you move from a place of serving along the conversation, and the selling happens organically if we do that they want to buy from you and and i say this nobody in the world not even the most eager buyer wants to be sold to and i believe all of us have experienced that and yet when you meet someone and you trust them there is a connection you believe this person can help you you go out of your way to 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 buy from them to become a client to to have them help you uh, if you're indeed looking for that um, help in your business. And so it's, um, we can go any direction you like here, but I believe the mindset has to shift first. And then we can certainly explore different actions, different approaches to that crucial conversation you have that can result in a different experience altogether for both parties. Yeah, so I, I'm so with you on this. I um, I often say that you can't sell anything to anybody. People will buy from you, but yes. I love this because I agree. We really have to give up on this whole idea of selling because, as you said, we don't like it. We are uncomfortable with it because of this belief system that we have about it. And so everything about our interaction is sort of working against us. You know, we're, we're yes. not authentic, we're not comfortable, we're not being genuine, but I, I think this is so interesting to come at it from a service perspective, because then what, what we're really saying is just be more interested in the other person and in helping them in, with whatever's going on with them. So first you have to be present and you have to be 
attentive and intentional. And, and as you said, the sales will come. I think that's a really hard thing for people to believe. Yes. Yes, to believe and, um, and also um, then to navigate the change. No, I agree with you completely. I experienced this firsthand. And I think the skepticism is healthy. And all I would ask someone who's at that stage, right? You're skeptical. Serving sounds great, but it doesn't really work in the real world. I have to pay my bills. I need to have a revenue. I get that. I think if you're there, I think I just want you to explore the idea of changing the way you look at selling and and just exploring what it would feel like. And you know, Diane, I believe for, for those of us who came to business wanting to help, wanting to be of service, which is I believe is most of us, I believe that framework that I mentioned earlier would be very helpful to give you a really good experience. Um, I, so so the, the framework, I think, is important. So it is about showing interest in the other person. It is about being of service. But then what do you do when someone is just asking you questions and they want to take of your expertise and your time? And how do you uh, lead that conversation, if you will, to where you are serving, but also you are not giving away the farm, if you will, or you're not just over giving which can be exhausting. And so you need to respect your boundaries and yeah. you still need to come from a place of serving and also explore the needs. So this is where I think it's important to know what to say when we're in a conversation with yeah. our prospects and what not to say at the same time. Yeah. So, and I can give you one thing that comes to mind that is I find most helpful, I found most helpful when I learned it first, is not assuming that just because someone has inquired of our services that they want to hear our opinion or our ideas right away. They don't. I believe they first want to be heard and understood and make sure that you heard and understood them. So you need to validate that and then even if it's obvious they want to hear from you, you need to ask permission before you share your insights. Yeah, that's great. So it's as simple as saying, you know, Jennifer, I've, I really appreciate you trusting me with this information. I've heard you say, and you summarize what you heard, which hopefully you are listening very intently. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel confident I could help you with this. I have some ideas to share with you. Would you like to hear them? Yep. And just doing yep. that, it brings this Jennifer person to attention. It makes them feel heard and understood. And it makes them more curious about what you have to say. Whereas before you may have assumed, obviously they want to hear and let me help them. And so it's subtle changes in conversation like that, which again says I'm serving, but I'm going to do it with permission. I'm going to do it in stages. I'm going to make sure it's well received and welcomed because all of us have experienced giving our well-intentioned advice and not having it received with the same enthusiasm that uh, we feel it should be. And so <laughs> it's, it's avoiding that. So something as simple, you, you asked for actionable steps earlier. Yeah. Something as simple as asking permission. And I teach my clients to do that several stages in a conversation is showing so much respect and a pause in conversation. And also it shows you as the leader, even though you're there to listen, you are still leading that conversation if you are the, the professional, the service provider, the business owner. So, um, so those are hopefully some, some useful ideas. Oh, they're terrific. They're absolutely terrific. Now, um, if someone's listening and, you know, intellectually they get it, but mm -hmm. they are watching other people, you know, maybe their friends are cold calling and pitching yes. and it seems to be working Yes, and they're asking themselves, okay, why shouldn't I do it the way my friends are doing it? What would you say to them? I would say you should. You should absolutely do it the way other people are doing if it feels right to you. And to me, it didn't feel good 
or right to take that approach, the cold calling. And so there is nothing you should change as long as your approach aligns with your values. And even if it doesn't align to your values, but you're still willing to do it, please carry on. My message is for those of us who came into business insisting on serving, insisting on being at integrity with our values and thinking that we should compromise them when it comes to this critical stage of the business, which is selling. And that's where if you're feeling that inner conflict, that you either sell and win or don't sell and lose, that's where I would say it doesn't have to be that way. You have a better option. That's great. Thanks. You bet. So um, I want to sort of flip it to objections because I have a belief that if you really listen to what someone is telling you and you connect, if you can, your solution to what they're telling you and you do what you said with the asking permission, you know, may I share with you what I mm-hmm. um, think, you know, what, what I think we might be able to do for you. And they say, yes. And you tell them and you're connected, you know, what I believe I heard you say was da, 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 da. So they feel heard, they feel connected that, that it decreases the chance of receiving objections because you asked the questions you needed to ask to make sure you had a full understanding of where they were and whether you could really help them and even wanted to. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. And, and it does, you know, it, it is removing all the assumptions that we naturally make because someone doesn't say something and we, you know, in, in, in a normal conversation. And so asking permission, making sure we've explored their needs and not making assumptions, you're right. It reduces the objections in the prospect's mind. But I have a whole chapter on my favorite new topic, which is addressing objections. And if, with your permission, we can even explore that Because most of us, okay, good. Because (laughs) most of us, including myself, we, I was terrified of objections because I took it as a personal rejection. And when you're, when you're offering your personal, not personal, professional services, but it's you that's the vehicle for that, for that service, it's hard not to take it personally. And um, I learned so much from my, uh, my first business coach who, who really showed me that objections, and maybe we should define objection just to make sure the listeners are clear. So an objection is when you are in conversation. There's been some mutual interest and, you know, you've, you've talked about what you may be able to do for this person and they have a comment such as, that's great, but it's not in my budget. I don't know if that would work for me. I'm not sure this is a good idea or this is the right solution. Anything that basically puts a pause between them pursuing it, that is great news for you. That means they have genuine interest and they have actually verbalized that to you because there's a number of cases where it's an unvoiced objection. And I talk about how to even explore that if you have some courage, because often it's awkward to even bring that into a conversation and tell you honestly, you know, Diane, I'd love to work with you, but I just don't think this would work for me. Very few people feel so, so they use the standard objections, which are often excuses. It's not in our budget. I can't tell you how often that is more an excuse. And behind that excuse, there is another fear that you can explore with permission, with understanding, with curiosity, And exploring objections builds the most trust in that dialogue. And so it's a huge opportunity that most of us miss because we feel rejected. And all of a sudden, it's about us, not about them, which is how it should be. It should be about their interest first, and then we see how we can serve them. So does that make sense? Did I make that? Yeah, very much. Okay, good, good. Yeah. So, yeah. so are there, um, mm-hmm. okay, so are there things that you would recommend to somebody as they're 
if they receive an, an yes. objection, out, uh, you know, other than don't take it personally, like. <laughs> yes. Well, the don't take it personally is in our mind, right? Like, <laughs> that. And, and, and you might still feel a little bit, oh, I got to go there, but go there anyway. So the, the, the only thing, the first step I would say, if you've never explored objections and you, and you, you know, kind of, you kind of fit, feel hit by something negative when you hear it, that's fine. But I would have you go there anyway. And, and the standard question is a very short question that I give you, which is hopefully easy to remember. Anytime they give you an objection, you turn around, you use the prospect's name. And that's another thing. Please use people's name that builds so much connection. So, John, um, I hear your concern around the investment and never call it a price of working with you or the cost. It's an investment. I hear your objection around making this investment. Tell me what makes you say that. That simple phrase, tell me what makes you say that. Now, that says to John, she hears me and she didn't go into a self-defense mode, which is what most of us do, even from a good place. No, it's not about us. We don't even know what his real objection is. We need to probe further. And so what makes you say that, which is simple enough, it applies to just about any objection, makes them tell you more. And in that telling, they may tell you the real reason. And your job is to be completely present with them, to listen to them, to hear them, and to probe further into that fear, into that assumption they're making. And you may not overcome every objection, but you need to address it and make them feel heard and understood in this stage. And that alone gives you a competitive edge because very few people go there. That's fabulous. Thank you. Wow. Yeah, you. I really like that. I've, I've seen so many conversations oh. turn around, Diane, just from that stage where somebody's about to hang up, they thank me, they give me an excuse, and, and I just go into a listening mode, and they feel like they could open up, and it becomes a different conversation, a different level of trust. And they may not, they may still not come on board, but you would be surprised how you have shifted the way they think about themselves their business needs, their, what, their sense of self-worth, if that applies. And you have served them powerfully. You haven't made it about you. You have stayed with them. But still, you know, if they want to pursue working with you, you still have your, your, your pricing, your investment, all of that. But you can give them five minutes of understanding and challenging them. Because people give themselves excuses. I know I have. Oh, I can't afford that. I, that. I'm not worth that investment in coaching. And if somebody had challenged me, I was thinking too small for myself. And that in itself is coaching and education, which you are doing out of a place of genuine service. Yes, uh, th this is um, really so impactful. I, it. it it is, um, I, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking, wow, this really, for the, for the majority of people who are uh, skeptical of salespeople, it changes the landscape. It gives them an opportunity to uh, trust you more because, you're continuing to show that caring and interest and you just want to know you're not challenging them on it. Mm -hmm. you, you know, you're, you're not anything. You just are more curious to understand where they're coming from. Absolutely. And I'm going to make one more distinction if that's okay, because sure. I, I, you know, this could also possibly be confused with pleasing. So, I am not saying we are here to please John or Jennifer, the names I've used for our prospects today. We are here to serve them. So that means we, we are not here to agree to everything they say. Serving them means what can we say that is 
going to serve them, going to help them. And so sometimes, you know, somebody shares their situation with me and I genuinely agree that working with me is not in their best interest. And so right. we explore other options, other resources, maybe a different time frame. And other times I feel, no, they are giving themselves an excuse. So this isn't about pleasing them. I, I sometimes feel people confuse pleasing with yeah, serving. Right. And, and you're not. Right. You know, their friends and family can please them. You as a professional in whatever area you are helping them, you are serving them, which means sometimes telling them something they may not want to hear, but they need to hear in order to overcome that block, in order to get past the barrier in front of them. And we can say it with compassion, but we can still say it. And when people hear that and they know you are telling them something they need to hear, they uh, they put a high level of trust in you and that trust can manifest itself in so many different ways to to come back to you so it might be business immediately it might be future business it might be referrals it might be a raving fan for life but um serving has many many um rewards for you i think that's a, a really important distinction and i'm glad that you made it because what I hear out of that is that, that part of serving someone is telling them the truth, that it's not about doing whatever they want or figuring out how to fit your product or service into their situation or acquiescing, you know, changing anything of yours in order to please them. It's listening to their situation fairly evaluating, really hearing them out, making sure that you understand where they're coming from and giving them honest feedback, whatever that feedback is, that that is really the core of service. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It's kind of like being a parent, (laughs) (laughs) telling them the truth, even though they don't want to hear it because in the end you really care about their success, not about being in, in a popular relationship with them, you know, as maybe their friends would. No, thank you for summarizing that. Yeah, it, it's, it's really great. I'm going to take a quick sponsor break and then we'll continue sure. with this. Accelerate Your Business Growth Podcast is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. They have over 150,000 titles to choose from. And you can listen to them on any device, including whatever you're hearing us on right now. And if you sign up at our link, which is audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, you get one free audiobook and a one-month trial of the service. Some examples of books you can listen to on audible.com are Transform Your Company by Alex Vorobiev and The Irresistible Consultant's Guide to Winning Clients by David A. Fields. And our guest today, uh, Farnoosh's book, The Serving Mindset, Stop Selling and Grow Your Business, will be available on Audible uh, sometime after uh, mid-November of 2018, so keep an eye out for that. So visit audibletrial.com slash businessgrowth, explore the books that are of interest to you, and receive one free audiobook when you sign up for the trial. As I mentioned, we are speaking today with Farnoosh Brock about serving instead of selling. Okay, so um, you mentioned before, and I just love this because, boy, I, I am so, we are just singing from the same hymnal here, mm-hmm. that we should drop our sales agenda. Yes. So explain to the listeners how they do that, please. Sure, sure. And that's a high ask, isn't it? <laughs> um, so I don't take it lightly. And, um, and here is where I come from. Whether we admit it to ourselves or not, when we go into a conversation, and I talk about conversations because I'm really thinking about you as someone who has a premium product service program to offer. And I genuinely believe, even though I have been running an online business for a number of years, I genuinely believe that those types of uh, transactions, if you will, they happen in a conversation, in a powerful conversation. So no matter what, when you go into a conversation with someone who has shown interest in your business, 
in your thing, your product, your service, your program, somewhere in your subconscious, you are thinking of closing them or selling to them or dreading it, but still hoping that it would happen. And that is your sales agenda. And that's completely natural because if you don't know any other way, well, you know, here you are doing business. And so I would like you to consider the option of dropping that. Forget about it because you're not here to sell. You are here to serve. In fact, one of the first mantras I talk about in the book is I'm not selling, I'm serving. So the reason I say that is because you know how to serve. And if you have any kind of inner conflict with selling, if you can have, if, if I give you permission and you believe that you can drop that sales agenda, the first thing that happens is that you can relax. You can relax, you can be yourself, and when we are ourselves, our creative genius comes through, our, our thoughts can flow easily, we can be genuine, we can be sincere, and so all of that, that alone can really shift the energy you bring to the conversation, which is powerful. What you say is nothing compared to the energy you bring to the conversation, even over the phone with your tone of voice. And so drop the sales agenda. However, know that you are serving within a framework. And this framework is where I talk about, I talk about it at length, of course, in the book, but it's where you want to navigate that conversation as a leader. You want to go through it in stages and with permission. You want to Make no assumptions. You want to make sure at every stage your prospect is interested in answering your questions. They feel they can trust you with, with what you're asking, with hopefully your open-ended questions. And if you feel at some point you can, you can understand them, you can help them, you ask permission and then you move forward. And what tends to happen is, imagine a physical form, and my voice teacher taught me this, is where, you know, when you are sitting in front of an audience, you don't want to lean towards them. You want to sit back at your chair and you want them to lean into you. And so that, uh, that image, that visual in my mind always helps me understand where I am in this conversation. And so you know how we feel somebody is pushing into our personal space when we feel sold to or we feel a yeah. sales pitch. Okay, you never want to be leaning into someone without them leaning into you at least or them feeling that they are curious and interested. So keeping that visual in mind, maybe that's hopeful, uh, helpful, maybe not. But knowing that you want to draw the interest out of, out of them by your presence, by, by your leadership in the conversation, by showing deep curiosity and interest in them, and by never offering your advice or insights without full permission. And even then, only at a level that is appropriate to the conversation. You're not there to solve their problem on that conversation. You are there to establish trust, to give them some useful insights, and to see whether you are the best fit for what they need at this stage. So none of this requires that you take a sales agenda and say, I hope I sell, I hope I sell. No, you don't need that at all. You need to do everything else and be of service to them and what, what tends to happen is if you do your job well, they will want to work with you. And the selling yeah. happens. It's an outcome. It's not something you concern yourself with. You, you certainly seize the opportunity if someone says, you know, Diane, I'd love to work with you. What does that look like? Well, great. I'm so glad to hear you say that. Let's talk about that. Let's explore that. And then you see whether you have enough information to see whether you can even help them. You know, we, we have to know um, how to, um, you know, how to navigate that piece of it. And Diane, that was the hardest part for me to learn. Because I am naturally enthusiastic, I would hear five minutes and think, of course I can help you. <laughs> and, you know, that's when I was leaning into my prospect with great enthusiasm. And they probably were leaning back with hands up in the air thinking, oh, too much, too fast. And it's unfortunate. I mean, funny and unfortunate because I'm sure I missed the great opportunities by being over enthusiastic, overzealous, and too quick. So timing is paramount 
paramount to these conversations. And again, for none of this, do you need a sales agenda? But you do need to lead that conversation and you do need to understand how and when to, uh, to make the proposal, if you will, if at all, if it makes sense. Um, yeah. So, yeah. right. Okay, I wanna, I wanna th this is so great. And, and I, I am so with you on this. I wanna pull on it. Um, sure. To, because I agree with you. I, I firmly believe that we should be in, in control of that conversation. And partly because we have to be sure that we are getting the information that we need in order to be able to identify whether we can really help them instead of doing what you said, which we all have done, yes. which is five minutes into it saying, oh, yeah, mm -hmm, good. Uh -huh. exactly. And that's right. And that's okay. But, but okay. So, so I want to take it um, to the other side of it, which is people who are takers more than givers. Yes. And, and making sure that we aren't um, being taken advantage of. Yes. Yes. Oh, I've explored that one at length. I think my life coach said at one point, take, being taken advantage of is one of your greatest fears in life. I'm like, you bet it is. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, and now it's funny, but really I have been paranoid about that because, you know, you know, whatever experiences in life, you know, you make up a story in your head and you're right. There are, they, there are givers, takers, and then uh, people who do a quick pro quo, quo that expression where you try to uh -huh. give and take. So I would say that's where your boundaries come in, but with compassion and firmness. So if you feel, now if you're leading that conversation, then um, that is less likely to happen. But let's say it happens anyway. Someone keeps asking you, so how do I do this? How do I do that? How would I do this? How can you help me right here? And if you feel, again, you still have control over how much you share, but if you feel they are, let's say, taking advantage of your time, for instance, then there are some very polite phrases you can use, such as, um, you know, Jennifer, we had set aside an hour for this call and we're coming up to the top of the hour. And I had hoped that we would explore a little bit more in this area. And um, I have a hard stop at top of the hour. So do you mind if we move to this area of the conversation? you know, and I was kind of like spontaneously making that up. But let's say it's something like that. You can interrupt politely. You don't have to be carried along the agenda of others. And you don't have to be rude about it. You know, because if you respect yourself, your time and your energy, and every time I have, I have given, 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 and then felt a little resentful later is I realized I didn't respect myself because I wanted so badly to be liked. Yeah. And, and again, that's perfectly normal, but you don't need to be liked by every prospect who calls you. If you're serving them, being liked and pleasing them isn't your first job. Your job is to serve them. So the person who's taking and taking, does it really serve them if you allow them to keep taking? I don't believe it does. No. So how can we still be of service to them and to ourselves and respect our boundaries and put uh, put a stop to that in a very professional way and that is a skill that is the skills of conversation language tone of voice um and 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 other things you can do if you're in person with body language that um you know gives the signal and sometimes we have to be a little bit more uh forceful but still we can do it with compassion um, and I don't know if that answers your question. You're welcome to ask me further questions. Mm -hmm. Oh no, it does. And 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 it's and the reason why I wanted you to to approach it and and thank you so much for doing it is because I think this happens a lot. I think there are people out there because I hear it from people that say, okay, I have someone who keeps asking me for a little bit more and a little bit more, and and so how do I politely yes. say to them? Okay, hang on a second. We we've hit the and and so we're always exploring it. That that's why I knew you'd have sure. And can I can I add to that because I know what that sure. is like where you have one conversation they go away, nothing happens. You have another one and another one and they keep requesting and you keep thinking maybe this is the one. So 
there is a framework you can do at the start of your conversation, but let's say you haven't done that and here you are and someone's asking you for more of your time. Um, one thing I have said before is something like, you know, John, um, we've had several conversations and I'm more than happy that we've had them and I believe they have been very useful and insightful to you. If you would like to pursue um, uh, another conversation, um, let's explore how we can make this um, a more of an um, uh, official uh, relationship or bring this in a more of a coaching, formal coaching capacity. And I'm kind of like uh, ad-libbing here, but um, what you want to do is tell John, look, we've had this conversation. I know I've been helpful and useful to you. If we want to go deeper and further, another phrase I've used, Diane, is this is the kind of work that I would do with my uh, paying clients. Would you like to explore that relationship with me? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And so at that point, John may have been a clueless and says, oh, and, and I've had friends who were that way and that's totally fine. You actually get paid for this. Oh, interesting. <laughs> or he might think, okay, I'm not interested. I'm just here to take a freebie. Or he might actually think, oh, I wonder what that might look like. If she's been yeah. so good to me so far, what does that look like? And so those are ways you can be at integrity with yourself and yet not give and give and give and be resentful where you're giving your energy could be more useful to you and your business elsewhere. Yeah. Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, there's just so much. So, um, one of the things that you talked about that you have talked about, you know, uh, a couple of times here is about respecting yourself and respecting your business and, yes. your, and your time and all that. You talk about premium pricing in your book. Yes. And that it's easier to sell higher price packages than lower ones. And that, I think, seems counterintuitive to people. It is. So... What? Explain that. <laughs> Explain that. Explain this counterintuitive, <laughs> illogical statement. <laughs> I am happy to because I fought that for the longest time, but I'm speaking from direct experience and pain and also from uh, direct experience of my clients. And so first, this is the assumption I'm going to make. You are a professional who is excellent at what you do, who brings value, expertise, and experience, and um, you are offering a professional level service, okay? You need to believe and be able to speak to the ROI, the return on investment of your investment, um, uh, investing with you, of your services rather, and you need to be able to articulate that to me. So I'm going to assume you feel that way and you're clear on that. And now let's talk about how the lower price packages are actually harder to sell and less attractive. So, you know, think about the caliber of the client you ideally want to attract. If you're a professional at, 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 you know, at, a, at a pretty high level in your business or at least in your skill level, okay, you mm -hmm. want to attract somebody who appreciates investing in themselves, investing in their business, learning, growing, educating uh, themselves, and um, they are, you know, they, they want to work with you. So this kind of person isn't uh, attracted to or impressed by just uh, price. They are not price shopping. That's what I'm trying to say. Your ideal client, the one I talk about, if you're going to do premium pricing, they are not interested in price shopping. They are interested in the unique value you, your intellect can bring to their business, their life, their career, whatever the case may be. Okay, so mm -hmm. lower prices actually hurt you when this client comes to your store or to your website because they think, and I know this for a fact, they will think if she or he is priced at that level, they can't be that good. Okay, and here you are thinking, I want to help these people. I want to make sure they afford me. So I'm going to price at the bottom. I'm not here to make money. It's okay. And you get what you ask for, which is the people yeah. who are price shopping. They're going to compare your low, low prices to somebody even lower. And you're going to spend all your time trying to prove to them that, but you're better. This is a better, you know, price or whatever. And you stay at that level, at that caliber of clients. So 
the, the higher you climb, the caliber of clients I talked about, they are not price shopping. So then you can focus on serving. You can focus on speaking to your past experiences, your success stories, what you can do for them and investing in them upfront as I recommend you, you, you do, um, of your time, of your services before they are interested in working with you. And, and I invest up to, I don't know, two, four, sometimes six hours over a period of time to build that trust. You don't have to do that, but you have to decide what that is because if you're going to charge, say, $50,000 to work with you for six months, and that's not outrageous, that is something some coaches charge, you need to build a level of trust that makes that caliber of client want to work with you and, um, and still stick to your prices. So I have seen this again and again, where when you establish the like trust connection factor and, and the credibility, which is you can really help them. You have the experience, the expertise to help them. There is value in working with you. Then um, it, um, it, it becomes... It happens. It, um, it organically happens. You're not selling and the investment really becomes a transaction detail. Um, it's, it's really hard to believe this and you shouldn't believe me. You should go out and experiment for yourself. If your low prices aren't working for you, or maybe they are working for you, but you're curious and you think you're worth a higher level, triple your prices overnight, change your strategy, and experiment, experiment for yourself. So, so this, is where your clients, this is where your it, listeners it, probably shut off and say, I don't want to hear it. No, anymore. no, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm sure they're loving it. And, and one of my favorite parts of this is that, that I'm really hoping they hear is that, that you have to spend the time building the trust. I think a lot of people go out there and they know that they're good at what they do. They believe that they're good at what they do and that they offer a really valuable product or service and that right. the ROI is, is there. And they just think, believe that people should just know that mm. and should just buy from them. Yeah. And then they're surprised when people don't. But yes. it's because they haven't taken the time to build the trust. Yes, yes. I, I, I know this because I come from engineering, electrical engineering and years of technology and, and my techie friends um, do feel that way. I used to feel that way. You know, everybody should know how genius I am because look what I've done, right? And I shouldn't have to do any selling. And, and we're saying you don't right. sell, but you still need to inform, educate and build that trust. So people know, A, you exist because I'm sorry, they don't if you don't do that and that you can help them, not all these other people, but you can specifically help them. And I don't know of a better way to do that than in a conversation. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of us shy away from that conversation, including my, my techie friends, because we are introverted. Well, I, I am not, but I used to even shy from the conversation. We feel we would be rejected. We don't have the skills to navigate a conversation. We hide behind our computers and we hope our website does the work for us. Yeah. And so yeah. it's, it's wow. or, or marketing and advertising, none of which yeah. I do right. because, and I'm not saying that's bad, but if you're going to sell or if you're going to offer and people will buy premium, premium packages and, and, and uh, um, you know, uh, services, you need to talk to people at length. Oh, that is for sure. And I think no matter what it is and, and no matter how you view, like you can view what you sell as premium, or you could say, it, it, this is my thing. And I, I come across people all the time who I'll talk about selling or not selling, but building mm -hmm. relationships and, and sure. problem solving. And they will come back around and go, okay, but how do you did it? And I have to say to them, okay, but that's marketing. Marketing is about exposure. Marketing right. is not going to sell your product for mm -hmm. you. It's, mm -hmm. it's not. People aren't going to buy it because you send them a direct mail piece. Right. Unless right. you're the pizza shop and it's a coupon. It's just not happening. 
So, right. Yeah. You are no, you're so absolutely right. right. No. I mean, they might buy a $37 product if they've been following your blog or your website and that's, you know, or maybe even a $97 product, what have you. But yeah. we're talking about tens of thousands of dollars for, right. you know, working with you because you believe you can actually deliver that value and beyond to yeah. your clients. That doesn't happen with marketing. Marketing lets them know right. there is someone such as you providing this, but that trust, that connection, um, I have found in my experience and those of you know my clients, it happens in conversations such as what you and I are having here, Diane, which then um, builds that trust, which then goes deeper and deeper. And um, it, it creates a completely different experience for both of you. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Oh my gosh, this is so great. So will you tell the listeners um, how they get in touch with you, how they can find your book, Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Yes, yes. So I'm Farnoosh Brock, as Diane kindly introduced me. And the book is called The Serving Mindset, Stop Selling and Grow Your Business. Um, I had to fight for that subtitle with my publishers because they're like, stop selling? Do we really want to say that? I'm like, that's the whole point of my book. <laughs> um, and the book's, um, the book's uh, publication date is actually Election Day, November 6, 2018. And it will be in hardcover and Kindle version available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. You may find me either on Amazon or farnushbrock.com. And um, please reach out. I love to have a conversation with you. Maybe you can uh, disagree with me or, uh, you know, um, challenge some of my points, but do it because that's how we change our own mindset. And thank you for your time today. I hope I gave you at least one unexpected insight, if you will. Oh my gosh, I think you gave them a couple. Thank you so (laughs) much. And, and speaking of the listeners, I like to thank them as well because they are why we are doing this and our sponsor. If you would like to get a free trial of audible.com as well as a free audiobook, uh, when you sign up for that trial, please go to audibletrial.com slash business growth and sign up. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, Goodbye and good day. At Zenny, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not. It's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.